You are listening to Mindfully Well with Mel, episode number 66. Hey friends, welcome to Mindfully Well with Mel. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I'm a registered nurse, certified functional nutritionist, and life coach who empowers busy women to attain the life they love and to feel well inside and out. This podcast dives deep into the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of what it looks like to live mindfully well. So let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. I hope you are all doing well as we reach a second month of 2024. We're now into February. I don't know about you, but I don't love February, especially living in South Dakota, being a summer girl. I am just craving sunshine. I'm craving warm days. Although today when I'm recording this, it is very warm outside for South Dakota. It's about 50 degrees out. The snow is melting and the sun is out. So I feel really good today, but I know that we are in the fake spring phase of winter South Dakota in that soon we will have more snow and we'll have more cold and we'll be back in the trenches of things. So as we are in this time of year, when things just feel a little bit harder, we need, um, we need some more external motivation. Although I'm always coaching you to find your internal motivation, sometimes we need some things to distract us when we're just in the muck of this season right now. So I have a great challenge for you. We are going to be doing the bootable challenge. We are going to be starting on February 11th, so you can sign up for the bootable challenge today. The link is in the show notes. The bootable challenge is a seven day whole food challenge and an intro to stress management week. We're going to learn how to make whole food very simple and very doable with making bootables because bootables are a really good way for you to visualize your protein, your non-starchy carbohydrates, so your vegetables, your fats, and then also your starchy carbohydrates. This week is going to not only help you manage your stress because blood sugar stability, so bootables are going to help you feel stable in your blood sugar, but also um, that's going to help eliminate some of the stress on your body. In addition to the food stress that we're going to work on, I'm also going to be giving you daily lessons each week, or sorry, daily lessons each day um, through video and or podcast form, however you like to listen. And then in addition to that, we will be doing some meditations as well so that you can really start to feel really good in your body. And we're going to do a whole seven week um, challenge around this. And I also love to do this at this time of year because the Super Bowl is on February 11, and the Super Bowl is always focused around lots of foods that don't promote blood sugar stability, maybe too much drinking, and ending up on Monday to feel very swollen and very puffy and kind of annoyed at yourself because of choices that you made on Super Bowl Sunday. So before you go to your watch party or wherever you're going to watch the game, we're going to be meal prepping before the Super Bowl. And we're meal prepping Buddha bowls in honor of the Super Bowl, but we're doing it healthy. 
right? So this is going to be a really fun week. Um, it's absolutely free and you get a jam packed PDF goodie that will guide you through absolutely everything. I remember, I think I've done this twice before, um, but I did do it for the Super Bowl last year as well, and that was the first time I had done it. And I remember I had so much great feedback that people were like, I cannot believe this is free. Um, I can't believe that I've learned so much about my body and how to eat really well from a free challenge. Um, so it's going to be great. Do not miss out on this. It's going to be not only fun, but a really good way for you to understand the concept of macronutrients and how they actually feel in your body. After the Buddha Bowl challenge, you will notice that you feel more stable. You feel calm. Food feels like less of an emergency or a reaction, and you approach food in a different way because now you have blood sugar stability. You'll notice that you have a decrease in bloating, your energy is going to be so much better, and it's going to be stable throughout the day. No more ups and downs. In addition to that, you're going to sleep better, and you're going to be giving your body's stress threshold a break. We're also going to be doing daily meditation work, and I'll be giving you little mini lessons each day on stress. It's such a good way to either keep up your new year intentions, or maybe you hadn't set one yet. This is the perfect time to implement these things while we wait for spring to come and we wait for that natural, beautiful energy that we get from the sun. Go ahead and head to the link in my show notes. So to get to the show notes, I always like to remind you how to do that because sometimes we forget. To get to the show notes, you can go back to, like if you're on Apple and you're listening to this week's episode, you would go to the, the episode that you're in right now, click on that, and then in scroll down and you will see show notes. In there, you will see links for today's episode and the bootable challenge link will be in there. If you can't find it or you're driving, you can always head to my Instagram. I'll have it there. And I have it on my website as well, www.melissaikecoaching.com. All right. And also, I like to let you know what's happening with programs, where we're at with enrollments, so you know when you can hop on the next program. Mindfully Well is full and not open for enrollment right now. But the Live Well Project will be open for enrollment in March. I believe we start March 11. You can also head to my website for info on that program. I am revamping that page right now, so it will be updated here in a few weeks. And uh, But you can read about it now. There is information on there. Um, the Live Well Project is the perfect place to start before Mindfully Well, and it is the perfect place to start if you want to learn more about your hormones, if you want to learn how to manage your stress, and if you want to be able to have stable hunger and fullness cues, you want to focus on high quality nutrition, whole food nutrition, that is going to be the Live Well Project. It's an excellent um, time together. It's six to eight weeks, depending on what I decide to all throw in there for this round. I like to jazz it up a little bit. It's always the core things of blood sugar stability, stress, and hormones, but then I usually add a little bit of a bonus in there. Last time I did strength training, and I'm thinking this round I'm going to do strength training again because you get so much bang for your buck when we focus on muscle. So six to eight weeks for that program. Um, so watch for that enrollment. And then May will be the next round of Mindfully Well. 
So all of that to be said, I talked a lot about the Buddha bowl. It's links into today's episode perfectly because we are going to be talking about what foods you should be eating and focusing on when you are stressed, when your body is in a high stress state. There are different things that you want to think about when you know that you are you know, in more of a stressful time of your life. We know that we have um, times of the year when we uh, just have more to do on our plate. Like we all have a busy time of year. And for you, when you know this, you can start to think ahead of time, how can I really take care of myself during these times? So basically your body will perceive less stress. And also there are many of you out there that are just walking around day to day with chronic unmanaged stress. And so this would be where you start with that healing process because modern day stress is a problem. And that is because we just live in a completely different day and age and expectations than what our ancestors lived in. And our bodies still respond the way that our ancestors' bodies responded. But now we are working like we don't have children and we're raising children as if we don't work. And then also on top of that, we're trying to be skinny and we're trying to hate ourselves towards a smaller body. And this is going to be a fantastic episode about what to do with this modern day stress that we're carrying on our shoulders day in and day out. I'm not going to go deep into the amount of stress we are holding and how it impacts your body in this episode, because I have a great episode I already did that on that is called, I think it's called Stress Bucket or What's on Your Stress Bucket, What's in Your Stress Bucket, something like that. But it's episode three. So scroll back all the way back to the beginning. And if you're new here, you haven't heard my work before, go start there and then you can come back to this episode. But also you have a lot of episodes to catch up on in between. And I always recommend um, doing that as well because listening to the episodes because I do start pretty basic in the beginning. And then I start to build on top of the basic things that I taught over a year ago. So if you're new to me and you haven't heard my stress talk, go back to episode three, listen to that first, and then come back here. And then you can kind of piggyback off of that. So why is food so important when it comes to stress? Your diet plays a very powerful role in your stress response. An inadequate diet compounds all of your daily life stressors. So you have the stressors of your day-to-day life and then your diet sucks, now it's compounding and creating more stress in your body. And what often is the reason is because your diet and your lack of quality diet is lacking in nutrients, which helps your body cope with stress. And this is why in both of my programs, the Live Well Project and Mindfully Well, I start with food in both of those programs. I start with blood sugar stability because if we don't start there and I just teach you about your stress and I teach you how to move from the fight or flight response into the rest and digest and we never address your poor diet, you're just never going to feel better because your body is still responding to the food stress. But also let's talk about before I go into how to actually fuel your body for the stress in your life is that 
one of the reasons why this is so hard, right? Because when you're in a high stress state, you are very uncomfortable. You feel the discomfort, the emotional discomfort, the mental discomfort that comes along with perceiving a lot of stress. And our brains are always going to be wired to find comfort, to find safety, to move away from stress. And so it does this in a way, what you end up doing is things that make you feel good right now, which end up to be another stressor on your body, but it feels good. It feels comfortable. So you get a reward from your brain. You get dopamine. And so this looks like I'm stressed. I'm going to eat some potato chips. I'm stressed. I'm going to skip dinner. I'm going to go through the drive-thru because that takes one thing off of my quote unquote plate not really helpful plate, right? And also I'm going to have a glass of wine tonight because it feels really good. But all of those things are adding up to be more stress on our body. And it's so hard to say, I'm going to do the right thing for my future when you feel so uncomfortable right now. And it can feel like a tall order to be able to do those things, do them consistently when you feel a lot of stress but it takes you knowing what is best for the future you, not the current you who feels like she's suffering, who feels like she's in the thick of it, who feels like she needs an escape, actually needs to think ahead to what does the future me actually need right now. And the future you actually needs you to start putting good nutrition in your body so that you can cope with the stress. Because if you're not coping with the stress and then the tool that you give your body is a potato chip and you think your body's going to feel better from that and you think your body's going to be able to heal from that, it's not, right? And we know this, but it's really hard to do it in the middle of it when you're feeling very miserable and you're like, let me out of this, get me away from this body as quickly as I can to something that feels really good. And so then you're grabbing M&Ms, you're grabbing your kids' goldfish crackers, you're skipping meals. All of those things will compound into more stress on your body. Okay, so let's talk about what foods to actually eat to support your body during stress. First one, protein. Where do we start with protein? I like to see at least a gram per pound of body weight. If you're not at an ideal weight, how do you know how to figure this out, right? Because let's say you are 200 pounds, eating 200 grams of protein is a very tall order, also completely unnecessary. So how do you figure it out from there? I recommend going to do like an in-body scan or at the very least getting a bioimpedance scale that you have, um, at, you can order on Amazon. They're fairly cheap right now. Now it's not going to be super accurate, but it's going to give you a little more insight on what your lean body mass is. And then once you learn what your lean body mass is, you can do one gram per pound of lean body mass. 
Likely this is going to be somewhere between 100 and 150 grams for most women. Now this is a big range, right? 100 to 150 kind of makes a big difference. So if you can find out what your lean body mass is, that would be best. Now let's say you don't have access to that because there's only a few places like in Sioux Falls that does that for us. Um, other areas you can find these things a little easier, like more metro type of areas. But I also know I have a huge community that is deep in the rural area and you guys don't have any of it, right? You don't have access for um, hours away from you. And so in that case, I would say, what is your ideal weight that maybe in the past you felt really good at? So you can think back to 10 years ago, I felt great at this weight because X, Y, Z, not because of how you necessarily looked, but because you had great energy, because your workouts felt really good, um, because you slept really good, all of those things, we want to listen to like, what are the messages that your body is sending to you that things are good here and that everything is well managed. Oftentimes we will look back at pictures and say, I wish I looked like that. And it's actually a weight that maybe you didn't feel great at. And so you want to have that honest conversation with yourself about where do I actually feel good? It doesn't mean it's 100 pounds. It doesn't mean it's 125 pounds. It means where is the weight that you feel great at? And then you can use that as one pound per body weight, no matter what your current weight is. Um, I also like to see 30 grams of protein per meal. Um, I'm doing this challenge with my clients this week where I'm challenging because most of my clients um, right now um, just started Mindfully Well. And it's we're getting into the routine of eating more protein and getting our blood sugar stable right now. And many of my women are under consuming nutrients in general, but also protein. And so if I give them a challenge and I tell them exactly what to do, they're more likely to do it, right? And so you can take this as well and start implementing it into your life and do 30 grams of protein per meal and notice how different you feel throughout the day. Um, what you'll notice is that you feel more satiated. So you feel like you get fuller faster. You feel fuller for a longer period of time. You have stable energy throughout the day. You recover very well from your workouts and your workouts will then feel good when you go in to do them. Those are all good signs that that is an optimal amount of protein. Now, if you are like really under eating protein and 30 grams uh, per meal is like a lot, it's a huge jump for you, start with um, like 20 and then move up to 25 and then move up to 30. Sometimes what I will see is uh, when we take a big jump in protein, you've been eating a very low amount of protein or just not paying attention at all. And then we add in a bunch of protein, you'll have some GI upset. And that's because protein is rather difficult to break down. Also, I'll throw this out there. If you have been living with chronic stress for some time, you likely have some gut issues. And so when we add in more protein, sometimes we get some slack back from your body saying, uh-uh, I don't like this. This is too much. So add it in slowly over time. And then also think about ways that you can support your digestion. Eating um, slowly, chewing your food for much longer than what you're probably used to. I think it's like 30 to 50 like 
bites for per bite of food. So like chewing it 30 to 50 times to really get it broken down enough for your stomach to be able to then do the rest of the job for you and then move those nutrients where they need to be. Um, another hack that I love is apple cider vinegar before, um, your meals, having that just like 10, 15, 20 minutes before your meal, that, um, acid in that apple cider vinegar can help break down the, um, the food that you're eating and especially protein. If you have a hard time digesting protein, that can be really beneficial. Um, one thing is you don't just want to take a shot of apple cider vinegar because that can be really hard on your teeth. So always, um, dilute it into like eight ounces of water and then drink that. And then you can have your meal. Um, another way to think about protein is that you're at least getting 20 to 20 to 30% of your whole caloric intake in one day that's coming from protein. And that is going to make sure that you're having a good distribution of not only protein, but also your carbohydrates and your fats as well. And then with other circumstances that we maybe won't want to think about a little more protein than one pound per body weight is other things like age. As you get older, you need to have more protein than when you were younger. And the reason for that is because we just naturally become more catabolic, which means the breakdown of muscle as we get older. Also, if you've had prolonged stress, so you've been in a chronic stress state for many years, months, weeks, whatever it is for you, then we know that you have been in a catabolic state for some time. Stress is catabolic. The hormones that we produce from stress will break down your muscle and we need to compensate that with more protein so that as we heal your body and as you are healing from stress, you are making sure to give your body the amino acids it needs from protein to be able to rebuild that muscle. Also, if you have inflammatory issues, so if you have any underlying conditions, if you've had a really shitty diet for quite some time, you are inflamed, right? So inflammation is just your tissue being fluffier. It's hard to explain inflammation, but if you've been inflamed before, you know what I'm talking about. It's this general um, heaviness on your body. And it's just because there's a lot of things going on trying to protect you. And so those things that try to protect you actually take up a little bit more space in your body. And so you will feel heavier. You will feel more like drawn down and things will be more fatigued, more sluggish. And you yourself just feel like you got an extra layer of something. It's not body fat. It's not necessarily water. It's just inflammation. If you have a lot of blood sugar instability, we really have to focus on protein so that we can have stable blood sugar. And I'm gonna get more into blood sugar here in just a little bit. If you notice that you have a lot of hair loss, I've seen a lot of women with hair loss recently and or muscle loss. Anytime we're losing things in our body, it's because of a, often a lack of protein or quality protein and or other nutrients. And so our, our hair needs actual material, right, from our food to be able to create hair. It doesn't, it's not just like a, a given thing. And so we have to make sure that we're fueling our body properly so that we can create hair and so that we can create muscle, right? You're asking your body to create things that you wanna have so that you feel like you look good and so that you feel good but you're not actually giving it the materials it needs to be able to create those things. And then also if you need to put on muscle, 
Um, many times, if you've been in a lot of chronic stress, you have been breaking down your muscle for quite some time. Now we need to think about putting more muscle on your body because your muscle is a great way to fuel your metabolism and to give you great energy. It's great for blood sugar stability um, and to just be able to create the body that you're looking for and the one that you feel really good in and that moves really well. And so putting on muscle is a big feat, not only for most women, but also if you are in a stress state, we have to manage that stress first and then think about adding muscle. But in that meantime, we have got to get your protein intake up. That's putting on muscle is not going to happen without adequate protein. You want to break up your protein throughout the day and also make sure that you have protein before and after your workout. Both of those are super important, especially when you are a stressed woman. Exercise in of itself is a stressor on your body. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to completely eliminate exercise when you are in a stress state, or even if someone's told you you have adrenal burnout or adrenal fatigue. All of my clients that I treat with this, I don't have anybody stop working out. We just switch workouts up. But you must, this, you know, if exercise is a stressor, we have to think about how can I take something off of my body's plate so that it doesn't have to go through another stressor while I work out. That thing is eating. That thing is eating before you work out and eating after you work out. Time constraints, I like to say about 30 minutes before your workout, and then within one hour of finishing your workout is when you want to have your meals. These meals, you want to make sure and have protein and carbs at both of these. And then the rest of the protein that you're eating throughout your day, just distribute it evenly throughout your day. Like I said, the 30 grams at breakfast, most of the times like this is a post-workout meal for, for those of you who work out in the morning, for my clients who work out in the morning, for myself as well, that 30 grams of protein happens after I work out and then again at lunch and then again at dinner. My pre-workout meal also has protein in it and I usually have at least one snack at some point during the day. Also is gonna have protein into it that's definitely going to get me at least 130, 140 grams of protein, which is very doable. Many times when I tell somebody their protein goal and they've been under consuming protein, which is most clients and most of you out there, it feels like a lot of protein to start to be eating. But if you just plan it ahead of time and know that these times during your day, you're having 30 grams of protein, it also it becomes very easy to reach those things. One thing I want to bring up with protein is that I often get asked about like a, a vegan protein powder supplement um, because many times we can't tolerate whey or we have a dairy intolerance. And so one thing I want to say about vegan protein powders is that there's not really very many that I recommend. Many of them are, uh, they're just not very good quality. Um, if you're going to choose a vegan protein powder, I like Organifi. Outside of that, I don't really recommend it. And that's because of the, it's just, it's not great quality. There could be heavy metals in there. Um, and you are also lacking leucine. And leucine is what is needed to be able to create your muscle. And we get leucine from animal based protein. And specifically, whey protein has a phenomenal. <laughs> Whey protein has a phenomenal amount of leucine in it. And if you can't tolerate just straight up whey, you can try iso. I think iso whey protein or iso, an isolate will have less lactose in it and make it more tolerable for you and still has a good amount of leucine in it as well. 
Another great option, if you can't tolerate whey or iso whey, you can try a bone broth protein. And this one is just, it's going to taste a little more like bone broth is the only thing. But if you're putting it in a smoothie and you have your fruits in there and you have the fruits and you have your veggies and things like that, it will cover up that um, bone broth taste. So just keep that in mind. But it's a really good option when you're looking for a dairy-free protein option and you can't do whey protein powder. The other things we want to think about with your protein intake is that protein is so important for your gut health. When you are in a stress state, like I said before, you become very catabolic, which means that you're breaking down your muscle, which I said, but you also break down your gut lining. And if your gut lining is compromised, then we have got a lot of issues going on. You probably have gut dysbiosis. You probably have some constipation. You have probably have a lot of bloating and all of this is just very symptomatic for most stressed people. And if we're going to heal your gut, we've got to give it amino acids from protein so that your gut can heal. It can repair itself. Your gut does a really good job of repairing itself, but oftentimes you just don't give it what it needs, that raw material to be able to repair itself. And you just never manage your stress long enough for your body to be able to heal, right? And so you want to make sure that for those instances, your gut health, other things would be like joint inflammation, um, all of these things, you need to have animal-based protein to be able to heal this. You just can't get what you need from vegan proteins to be able to really be able to heal your body. And the other thing that this ends up doing is that if you're tracking your protein intake and you're getting a lot of it from a vegan protein, not only protein powder, but just other forms of vegan protein like tofu or tempeh. Um, If you're trying to pair your legumes and your rice and things like that to get a complete protein, you are taking up a lot of your protein profile with proteins that don't have the things in them that you need to be able to repair and heal. And so you'll maybe have, you're maybe aiming for 120 grams of protein per day, and then like 75 grams of your protein came from plant-based sources. It doesn't have the amino acid profile that you need to be able to repair your body and repair your muscle and repair your gut lining. And so it is important to be able to get that animal-based protein into your diet. So what are some great options for protein outside of whey? eggs. You want to make sure that your eggs are pasture raised. Nothing really trips my trigger more than an egg carton that says vegetarian fed. Chickens are not vegetarians. I don't know who's making this up. Chickens eat bugs and they eat critters and they eat definitely what other like meats that I bring them. They love it. I brought them salmon the other day. They go crazy over salmon. They go crazy over fish. They love when my husband brings them leftover bait from fishing. They are not vegetarian. So don't let that fool you as to that means it's a healthy egg. It definitely doesn't. That actually means that that chicken, the poor little chicken, sat inside of a little cage and was probably fed corn because that's vegetarian. And that is not a healthy chicken and that's not a healthy egg. So you want a pasture raised chicken or find your local 
chicken farmer. Find your local chicken friend like me, although I don't have enough eggs for all of you, um, that has extra eggs, right? And a lot of people out there have enough chickens where they can't eat all the eggs that their chickens um, make them. So make friends with somebody who has chickens and you can usually get your hands on some really good eggs. Other forms of um, protein, you want to do as much as you can of grass-fed beef and or bison because grass-fed is going to be a cow that is living in the lifestyle that a cow is meant to be living in, not in a small cage, only fed corn to fatten them up very quickly. And as we know, corn in our country is not a nutritious food, and it does a really good job of making people um, overweight and obese, and it does that in animals as well. And so if your cow or your bison is walking around eating grass in the sunshine in South Dakota, it's a pretty happy cow. It's a pretty happy bison. The two places that I like that are local to South Dakota, I like Dakota Pure Bison, and I also like Ryle Ranch. They're local. They do a phenomenal job with um, raising their animals, and I have used both of those. The other thing is wild caught fish. Um, you want to avoid organic fish because how in the world do you know that a fish is organic besides you putting it in a, I don't know, like a netted area and keeping it contained to feed it organic food? That's not how a fish lives its life. A fish lives its life swimming wherever the hell it wants, eating food from the ocean or eating food from the lake it's in. Now, that's a whole nother feat, right? What the hell is that in that lake? Um, but you want your fish to be wild caught. You don't want your fish to be farm raised. You don't want them to say organic. You want them to be wild caught. Costco does a wonderful job of having wild caught fish options. They have often um, salmon. They often have like mahi tuna. They often have scallops. Um, they often have like tilapia. They have lots of great fish options at Costco. And then also shrimp that are usually better options than what I can find at like our local grocery stores. I don't think that our local grocery stores do a great job with that. Um, and then I do want to touch on one thing before I move into carbohydrates is when are protein bars okay? And I just don't have a great answer for you. I don't, I have not found a single protein bar that I'm like, this is a really good option. They're just not right They're They're a highly processed food and we have to treat them as that just because they have more protein in them than like a Snickers bar doesn't actually mean that they have more nutrition in them than a Snickers bar often. And so you really want to put it into perspective that a protein bar is not a free pass on a healthy food. Put your efforts into eating whole foods the far majority of the time. I have been going ham on smoothies lately. I've actually been upping it to two a day because I just find that it's so much easier for me to double my smoothie recipe in the morning and be able to have it later on in the afternoon when I know I'm going to be pressed for time. I would much rather have two smoothies a day than have one smoothie and then a protein bar. And when you're in it, you don't really see that. You're like, oh, I'll figure it out later and I'll grab a protein bar. And the, no, how about no? When 
I have a smoothie, I've got my fiber in there from my seeds. I have my fats in there from my avocados or my nuts. I have so much more veggies. I have my cucumbers lately. I have my kale. Those are my favorite ones in there right now. I can do spinach. I can do cauliflower rice. I can do zucchini. There's so much that you can put in there. It just doesn't compare to a protein bar. So I'm never going to say I do not have, I mean, I just do not have a protein bar that I'm like, this is a good option for you. Okay. I think sparingly is fine. Outside of that, I think you should limit them. All right, so let's move into carbohydrates and how these are helpful for you during a stress state and healing from stress. Carbohydrates, everyone has different needs here. This is where individualization really comes in. Generally for women, low-carb diets are just going to exasperate your stress. And it can make it very difficult to heal from stress when carbs are low. And what's low? Just so you know, I think less than 25% of your calorie intake or less than 100 grams per day is, in my mind, categorized as a low-carb diet. Also, the carb intake, um, it will vary with your age, right? And also your metabolic flexibility. So this would mean, are you pre-diabetic? Do you have insulin resistance? Do you tend to have higher blood sugars when you go to the doctor? This is telling me that you don't have that metabolic flexibility. And at for a time, you may need to have a lower carbohydrate diet. But we're not really talking about that person today. We're talking about this stressed woman. Not saying you can't be stressed and have metabolic inflexibility, but we're just focusing on the stress today. So for everyone else, I don't recommend a low carb diet, especially with high stress and healing from stress. When you have increased stress, your body is trying very hard to conserve energy. And this is why you struggle with sleep. This is why you struggle with energy all day. It's why your appetite may be really high and it's why you may have a very low appetite, which most of you are going to have a really low appetite. Carbs are a quick energy source, and when your body is struggling to create energy, you have to give it a helping hand with carbohydrates. It decreases your body's workload so it can feel safe from stress and then allow you to have better energy. And you know, of course, if we're talking about carbohydrates, we're going to be talking about blood sugar, but you can have carbohydrates and have stable blood sugar. Oftentimes we think, oh, I need to focus on my blood sugar. I'm going to cut out all my carbohydrates. That's not true. And that's something that I do for almost all of my clients who have a moderate amount of carbohydrate in their diet is that we eat carbs, we enjoy our carbs, but we make sure to do it in a way that our blood sugar is stable along with that. So how do you make sure that your blood sugar is stable with your carbohydrates? You just always make sure to have carbohydrates with your protein and with your fat. And that will slow the absorption of your carbohydrates, which creates stable blood sugar. And that's exactly what you want. The most common cause of chronic stress and hormone imbalances is blood sugar instability. This is so important exhaustion, insomnia, pain, depression, brain fog, low appetite, high appetite, anxiety, insulin problems, blood sugar problems. These are all signs of blood sugar instability. So what are some of the other symptoms that you might be noticing in your day to day that your blood sugar is low? And 
often when I'm talking about blood sugar, I'm talking about high blood sugar because we're often talking about metabolism and insulin and things like that. But today I want to really bring some focus around low blood sugar because the chronically stressed woman who is struggling where her adrenals are struggling to keep up it's going to be somebody who often has low blood sugar. So what are some of those signs? Increased energy after your meal, after you eat. Now, ideally in a perfect world, we eat and we feel the same after we eat. We just feel less hungry. Our energy would ideally be more stable, um, but often we are somebody who has higher energy after we eat or lower energy after we eat. If you have higher energy after you eat, you likely are somebody who is struggling with low blood sugar. And that's because your adrenals are taxed. They're not doing a whole lot of their work. I'm going to come back to this. So if that sounds overwhelming to you, no worries. I'm going to come back. Um, cravings for sweets in between meals feeling irritable or hangry or you're snapping at people around you because you've just got to eat right now. Eating feels like an emergency, right? You cannot wait. Um, dependent on coffee and sugar for energy. You have trouble focusing in between meals. Um, you eat to relieve fatigue. You feel shaky or jittery. You have headaches irritability, agitated, and then also poor memory or forgetfulness because your brain is very dependent on your ability to have sugar available for your brain. Now, remember when I'm saying sugar, I'm not saying throw tablespoons of sugar inside of your mouth. I'm saying what your body is creating from the starches you are eating at your mealtime. Um, so how does blood sugar control actually have anything to do with your stress response? When your blood sugar suddenly drops below your safe range, your adrenals will kick into release cortisol and adrenaline. This is a very normal function of your adrenal glands. But if blood sugar is chronically low or always fluctuating to high and to low, it starts to become a problem. Because as we know about you, this isn't your only stress problem. You also have the modern day woman syndrome problem where you have the stressors of your job, in your children, in your household, and carpooling, and taking care of sick kids, and taking care of sick parents, and alcohol, and traffic, and toxins, and always being on the go, and not having any boundaries. Have I forgotten anything? Now your adrenals are trying to deal with all of that, and the fact that your blood sugar is low. We need to take something off of your adrenal plate. And this is where blood sugar stability comes in. There are three main reasons for low blood sugar. First, a diet high in refined, quick absorbing carbohydrates. This looks like your normal standard American diet that's eating quick absorbing carbohydrates like potato chips and crackers and french fries and um, anything in the processed food area. All of those are going to be quick absorbing carbohydrates. Um, 
Skipping meals is a big one or under eating in general. Speaking from most of my clients right now, um, and they're all fresh in my mind, right? Because they just started around a mindfully well is that there's a big problem with skipping meals. And why are you skipping meals? Because you're chronically stressed and you don't have any boundaries and you don't put yourself first. You don't give yourself enough time to actually eat. And so you say, I'll eat later. Let me get through this right now. And you end up doing this time and time and time again. And pretty soon, think about how many meals you've skipped in your lifetime where your body was screaming for food and screaming for nutrients. Help me out here and give me some energy. This is in the long run going to create low blood sugar and then also high intensity exercise and a low carb diet. And this is just because your body is burning through all of your carbohydrates and you're not replenishing it. You're not getting, you're not refueling your body. You're just taking, taking, taking and not giving back. And pretty soon you're putting your body into a really tough spot. Um, so what are some nutrient dense carbohydrates that you should be focusing on? So there's two forms of carbohydrates. There's starchy carbohydrates and there's non-starchy carbohydrates, also known as, um, fast acting carbohydrates and slow acting carbohydrates. So starchy carbs are anything that will raise your blood sugar, has more carbohydrate in it, more sugar in it, less fiber. And this is going to be your fruits, your pastas, your legumes, your breads, um, I think I said pasta, um, any sort of sugary type of food, honey, maple syrup, those kinds of things. Those are very quick acting carbohydrates. And then we have the slow acting carbohydrates. These are going to be basically your vegetables. These will have lower carbs, low sugar, high nutrients, high fiber. We want to have both of those. We want to just have, make sure that we're not going all in on the starchy carb and none of the non-starchy carb. We can have both. We can enjoy both. Um, we just don't want to forget about either group of those. And then also focusing on the most nutrient dense form of carbohydrates that you can. And so this looks like making sure your carbohydrates are coming from whole food sources. So shop the perimeter at the grocery store, look for your potatoes, look for your sweet potatoes, look for your squashes. Um, Things like that are going to be more beneficial when it comes to the starchy carbohydrate, because those are starchy carbs and your fruits. That's another great one. Instead of thinking, oh, I have this many carbs to eat today. I'm going to have four slices of bread, like not super beneficial, right? So you want to make sure that your carbs are always coming from areas that are going to be beneficial for you and help you create really good, high quality, natural energy versus a quick sugar rush and then a crash. Okay. So let's talk about fats. For fats, you want to make sure that you're always getting an adequate amount of fats, 30 to 40% of your calories per day. I never go under 50 grams of fat for any of my clients. Um, and most clients are going to be between 60 to 80 grams of fat per day. Low fat diets are never okay for women and they're never okay for high stress. Why? Well, when your body is stressed, it's going to struggle to create hormones. It doesn't have adequate energy. It doesn't have the safety it needs. And this just simply is not the focus. Hormone creation is not the focus when your body is struggling to like keep you alive, basically. Hormones are created from cholesterol and cholesterol comes from fats. 
If we don't have enough, then we don't have enough raw material to actually create hormones in the first place. And then you're putting your body in a really tough spot if you're eating low fat. Okay. So what are some high quality fats I want you to focus on? Avocados, cold pressed oils like coconut, olive oil, avocado oil, grass fed ghee is great. And I also think grass fed butter is a wonderful thing. And I rarely take butter out of somebody's diet. Um, other, uh, other fat sources would be like chia seeds, flax seeds, any sort of seed, um, and nuts, walnuts, pecans, cashews, um, almonds, all of those are great fat sources as well. And one thing about fats is that if you struggle with under eating and a very low appetite, fats are a wonderful way to get your calories up and to start getting that um, safety built back into your body by consuming enough calories and having enough energy Um, because they're very easy to add into foods without actually having to chew and swallow those foods when you have a low appetite. So when you're cooking your veggies, add more oil in. And that is a really good way to get your fats up throughout the day. A couple other adrenal type of superfoods that I thought would be fun to throw into this episode, liver and organ meats. And I know you're all like, oh my God, I don't know how am I going to do that? Don't make me eat liver. You guys, my mom made me eat liver when I was a little girl. I'm not going to lie. She made me eat liver many times. I never liked it. Never one time, never once was I like, I want to eat that again. And I still to this day do not want to eat liver. So there are other ways you can get these things into your diet without actually like chomping at a liver. Um, Dakota Pure Bison actually has an ancestral blend. It's um, liver, it's heart, and it's I think just regular ground bison all in one package. So the liver is going to be distributed in there. And actually I have to be honest, I haven't tried it because honestly I always forget to order it. Um, But they put it into the bison. So it's not that it has like a very strong liver taste. My guess is that you probably can't even taste it. Um, I don't know for sure, but that would be my guess. Um, other things that you can do is also just buy liver, but then mix it in with other forms of meat so that the taste kind of just blends in and it's not, um, super obvious. And then you can also take them in a dried capsule form, but I will always say the real food is going to be the better thing. But, um, there are, I think there's a few supplement companies out there that carry organ based, um, capsules that you can always search for. The one I have used before is from Ancestral Supplements, and it's just grass-fed beef liver. And you can supplement with that as well. And it is very, um, it's very nutrient-dense with vitamin B, and that's a wonderful thing to do for your adrenals. They will love that. Um, other adrenal superfoods, a shellfish can be great, oysters You want to focus on vitamin C rich foods like citrus foods and um, papaya, strawberries, pineapple, kiwi, bell peppers, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, dark leafy greens, and um, some starches would be squash, sweet potato, regular potatoes, and then salmon is also great. Sardines is great. Um, although I am probably not going to be eating sardines, that's one that I'm just not, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just, I'm not willing, but you guys, you go right ahead. I'll be here cheering you on. 
Um, and then pumpkin seeds are really great for your adrenals. Sea salt is a wonderful supplement. Um, I like Element, an electrolyte supplement. You can order it online. That's a great way to um, help your adrenals out. Many times when you have a lot of stress, your body is depleting nutrients, and one of those is sodium. And so when you start supplementing with some sea salt, some high-quality sea salt, you will notice that you actually have a little bit better energy. One thing I will say is that the Bootable Challenge contains all of this beautiful stuff. Um, I don't actually have any sardines in the bootable challenge. I'll say that though. You're going to miss out on sardines, but everything else that I've just listed, the salmon, the squashes, the sweet potatoes, the pumpkin seeds, um, the fruits and the vegetables, all of those things, like I'm going to make it super easy for you. So if you're like, I want to do something like this, but I don't know where to start. You got to start with the bootable challenge. It's exactly what I'm outlining in for, in for today. Um, Okay, so let's talk about some other things that you can do besides the nutrition part of it. Um, What are some daily lifestyle things that you can be doing to support your body? You need to make sure that you eat enough calories to meet your needs, not to lose weight. I know that you have been ingrained that in order to be healthy, you must lose weight. And if you are in a chronic stress state, this is not the time to lose weight. Your body already perceives that things aren't okay here and that you need some help. And now you're going to take away calories to try to lose weight. It's not going to work. You're going to be in a very stuck place. We've got to focus on um, your perception of stress, your body's perception of, of stress first. You can't go into a weight loss phase here. And also I'll say that this is why in the Live Well Project, where I, uh, the program in March that I will be having, um, why we don't focus on weight. And that's because I want you to get your calorie needs up to a place where you are maintaining and eating enough nutrients and not in a calorie deficit before you go into mind play well when you want to lose weight. You have to prepare your body to go into a weight loss phase. I know no one's told you that before, but that is very important is that you have to prepare your body for a weight loss phase. You can't just wake up on a Tuesday and expect to go into a calorie deficit and that you will lose weight. It doesn't work that way anymore. You've tried that too many times and now you need to try something different. Do not skip breakfast. No skipping breakfast. You've got to eat breakfast within an hour of waking. Um, Make sure that your breakfast is protein dense, moderate carb, moderate fat for breakfast. Stick to your smoothies. I've got a smoothie guide out there too. I'll put that in the show notes for today. Also in the bootable challenge, we're going to be doing smoothies for breakfast because guess what? That's just a bootable mixed up in the blender. And now you put it in the cup and you can take it in the car with you. Super easy, right? I've made it as easy as possible to get a high nutrient diet into your life. No fasting. You can do your regular 12-hour, no eating at night. And then beyond that, we're not fasting, especially when you're in stress. Um, Ideally, you're eating every three to four hours, um, three meals a day, a couple snacks. This is going to help get that energy into your cells. So they try to get that that sugar and the the nutrients into your cells so that you feel energized. We've got to take the load off of your adrenals for a while because this will prevent your adrenal involvement in the blood sugar regulation. We want to leave our adrenals out. We want to give them a break. Um, Lastly, reduce your caffeine. 
Whatever your caffeine intake is right now, cut it in half or consider doing none. This will be beneficial in creating your own cortisol, the right amount of cortisol at the right times of day, and then allow for better sleep at night, which allows for better recovery, which allows for less perception of stress. Okay, so let's talk about quickly what to avoid when we are focusing on healing from stress. What do we want to avoid? We want to avoid fasting, just like what I said before. We've got fasting is a stressor on your body. Fasting is appropriate for men. Fasting is sometimes appropriate for menopausal women. Fasting is sometimes appropriate for somebody with metabolic inflexibility. And for those of you who are in my stressed women who are premenopausal, this is not appropriate for you. It is not appropriate. I'm not going to change my mind. It's a no. Um, Processed foods. All the stuff in the grocery stores in the aisles. The stuff that has um, partially hydrogenated oils, margarine, fake butter sprays, industrial seed oils like canola oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil, peanut oil, sunflower seed oil, grapeseed oil. These are all just chemical experiments put into a bottle in liquid form telling you that it's fine. It's preserving food. It does not preserve your body, right? If margarine doesn't expire ever, it's probably not going to be a good thing for your body. Sugar, added sweeteners, artificial sweeteners like aspartame, sucralose, sugar alcohols can be really hard on your stomach. Gluten-containing foods. Gluten is another stressor on your body. And so whenever I have somebody who's, we're healing her adrenals, we're working on her stress, we're working on healing her body, we usually take a break from gluten. And it's usually, it usually helps her feel a lot better. She'll start absorbing her foods better. She'll feel less bloated. Constipation gets better. General inflammation that I talked about before when we just are like, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't feel right. Cut out gluten and you'll probably notice that you feel a lot better. Low fat and fat-free dairy. That is just dairy that had the nutrients removed and then artificially put back in. Just eat the full fat dairy. Like I said before, we don't need to be afraid of fat. Eat the fats. The fats in your dairy have the nutrients in them. It's fat that's going to be beneficial for you, right? Fast foods, soda, diet sodas, things like that. We really want to try to limit those because all of these things are just stressors on your body. We have got to take some of that workload off and allow our body to heal. And we can do that by putting whole foods in your body and then starting to actually manage your stress. And I'm going to teach this to you in our week together for the bootable challenge. And it's absolutely free. So make sure to head to the show notes or my Instagram profile or my website, www.melissaikecoaching.com. My Instagram is at Melissa underscore Ike. You'll find it there as well. And we're going to have a fantastic week together. I can't wait to see you and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mindfully Well with Mel. If you're ready to take practical steps to live a more mindful and healthy life, I encourage you to follow along on Instagram. You can find me at Melissa underscore Ike, where I share tips to help women just like you become healthier, lose unwanted weight, and feel well without the extremes and overwhelm. 
If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review on iTunes, which helps me to continue to create content you love. Finally, please note that the material in this episode is for educational purposes only and is not intended as a replacement for medical advice. Thanks for listening.